You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. and Merry Christmas. Yeah, so good to see all of you here. Hey, if this is your first time and you are visiting with us, welcome. My name is Marco and I am the lead pastor here and we are so honored that you decided to spend some of your Christmas here with us at Radiant Church. Well, listen, this morning I have the privilege to talk to you about Jesus. You know, there have been many famous kings throughout all of history but none quite like Jesus. The Bible calls Jesus the Son of God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's also called the Alpha, which is the first letter of the Greek alphabet, the Omega, which is the last letter of the Greek alphabet. He's the beginning and the end. The Bible calls him the Great I Am. He also has many other titles. You see, Jesus throughout all of history has been admired, he's been worshipped, he's been uh, ridiculed, esteemed, Jesus has been mocked, criticized, and even despised or hated. I don't know if you knew this, but Jesus has also been on the cover of Time magazine like throughout many times throughout all of history, as you can see behind me. Listen, Jesus has been the center of all types of controversy at times and discussion, sometimes good and sometimes bad. But the reality of it is this, is that Jesus has had such a profound impact on our world. Listen, church, that today... At least a billion people call Jesus their personal Lord and Savior. The world celebrates his birth around this time every single year. The world celebrates his birth. We know this as Christmas, of course. Believers every single year celebrate his resurrection from the dead during Easter Sunday. So more songs have been sung to him. More pictures have been painted portraying him. More books written about him and more lives devoted to Jesus than any other person who has ever lived. Can you imagine that? That's amazing. Now, listen, this should lead us to just take a moment and pause and at least ask the question, who is Jesus? And this morning, rather than take you to some of the more traditional birth narratives that we find in the Gospel of Matthew or the Gospel of Luke. What I want to do with you this morning is I want to take you back to the Old Testament, actually. I want to take you to a prophet named Isaiah. And what makes Isaiah so special is that Isaiah prophesied or predicted the coming of Jesus some 700 years before the birth of Jesus, which is amazing. Now, let me just set this up for you and help you really understand this for a moment. Let me just ask you a question. You can shoot your hand in the air and don't be shy, okay? How many of you are football fans here this morning? Yeah, football fans, the Lions have a chance, right? There's a chance. There's a chance. Keep praying though. 
Now listen, what if I were to tell you I could predict who's going to be in the Super Bowl this coming year or next year, actually? You might say, okay, not a big deal. I, I think many people could kind of do that based on teams' records and whatnot. Okay, what if I said, well, I could do better than that. I could predict the two teams in the Super Bowl, and I can predict the exact score of those two teams. You might say, that's fairly impressive. Wow, that's, how'd you do that? That's, <laughs> that's amazing. All right, let's take it another level. Let's just say this. Let's just say 700 years from now, like, we're not here, but the world is still here. Football is still a thing. And I told you who's going to be in the Super Bowl with the exact score 700 years from now. You would say, holy smokes, how'd you do that? Some of you might even call me a prophet. This guy's a prophet. And here's what makes Isaiah's prophecy so special. That's what essentially he did. Jesus or rather, Isaiah predicted Jesus' birth some 700 years before he was born. And this is incredible. And today, this morning, what I want to do is I want us to look at a few verses beginning in Isaiah chapter 9. And I want you to follow along. They'll be right behind me. We're going to begin in verse number 6. It says this. For us, or for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. We just sang about that a few moments ago. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He, he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So here, Isaiah speaks here of a child, but I want you to notice this. This is not just an ordinary child. This is a child who would grow up to be this king. He would grow up to be this wonderful counselor, and a wonderful counselor, he'd have so much wisdom. Listen, it would go way beyond human intellect. He'd be a wonderful counselor. This king would be called Mighty God, which is another title for God himself, He'd be called Everlasting Father, which really speaks of the benevolent nature of a father, of a father who cares for his children. This was another title for the Messiah, for, for King Jesus. And finally, he would be given the title Prince of Peace, because when Jesus returns and when he comes to rule in his fullness, his kingdom here in his fullness, his reign will be that one of peace, and the nations will look to him because he is the one who judges justly. This is the title, or are the titles, rather, that Isaiah begins to give the Messiah, the one who is to come. But here's the amazing thing about Isaiah. Isaiah not only gives Jesus this title of a king, he also paints a different portrait of Jesus and it's the portrait or the title, rather, of suffering servant. Suffering servant. So just imagine this 
with me for a moment because on one end you have a king, but on the other side you have a suffering servant. And some of you are wondering, wait a second, how, how do those two like titles work together? Because if he's a king, why would it be a servant? And if he's, you know, if, if he's a king, why would he suffer? But Jesus actually is all of these things together. And we're going to push forward in Isaiah. And I want to just take you to Isaiah chapter 53. And notice what is written here, verses number four and five. It says this, surely he, which is speaking of Jesus here, surely he took up our pain. That's, that's our pain, my pain, your pain. He bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. And then he says this, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on him. And then Isaiah says this, and by his wounds we are healed. I love this. Isaiah says this about Jesus, that he was pierced for what? For our transgressions. And this is a picture, really, of Jesus on the cross. The word transgression speaks of breaking trust or violating trust in a relationship. Have you ever violated trust in a relationship? I bet you most of us have. Maybe you've stolen from someone, cheated on someone, said mean things behind someone's back. It's the idea of breaking trust. Let me just ask you this question. Has someone ever broken your trust? I think all of us would say yes to that, right? They've done all of those things. And most of us in the room know what this sort of relational pain is like. In fact, for some of you this morning, perhaps you're experiencing this type of relational strife in your family relationships, right? It's going to shape who you sit by during Christmas dinner. Most of us are familiar with this sort of relational strain and strife. In fact, I'd say this. I'd, I would say that during the holidays, this is even more emphasized more so than ever during the year. But I want to remind you today, listen, uh, we're not just victims of people violating our trust. We are the perpetrators of violating trust because we've all done it to someone. We've all stolen or cheated someone. We've all spoken ill of someone behind their back. We're not just victims, but we're perpetrators. Isaiah says this, that Jesus was what? He was crushed for our iniquities. The Hebrew word for iniquities really has to do with what? With crooked behavior, even perverseness. Crooked behavior. This is the case for all of us in the room, including myself. Again, listen, we're all culprits of, of crooked behavior. We haven't quite walked the narrow path or the straight line. That's all of us, myself included. Finally, Isaiah says something extremely powerful. He says that Jesus, listen, took the punishment that was meant for all of us. It was meant for you and me. And the result of Jesus taking that punishment was healing, healing. He says by his stripes, by his wounds, we're healed. And some of you are thinking, what do you mean healed? Healed from what? I feel fine today. I mean, I have a little bit of a cough. You know, flu's going around right now, but I feel fine. What are we healed for or from exactly? We're healed, listen, from the disease that plagues all of humanity. 
It's called sin. And all of us are guilty of that. And Isaiah says the only solution for cleansing, for forgiveness, is the person, the work of Jesus Christ. Just him alone, no one else. I want to read the next verse. It's verse number six, but I want to read it from a different translation from the New Living Translation because here's the thing. Some of you are wondering, listen, okay, so, so what does that mean? Like what is like practically what does sin look like in my life? And here's what it is. Verse number six, it says this. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to what? To follow our own Yet the Lord has laid on him, Jesus, the sins of all of us. So what's the problem Isaiah tells us? He tells us this, that all of us have left God's path to follow our own. And did you notice Isaiah, he calls us sheep, which is, by the way, not a compliment, okay? It's not a compliment. I mean, you can train a dog. I think you can train a cat. I don't know. I'm not sure. You can train an elephant even, but you can't train a sheep. You have to lead a sheep, okay? You cannot train a sheep. Let me just show you for a moment, okay, how dumb sheep are. True story, true story. In the year 2005, listen, 1,500 sheep, listen, leapt, leapt off of a cliff in Istanbul, Turkey. 1,500 sheep sheep, right? The first one jumped to his death. And then listen, the Turkish shepherds, they had left the the herd to graze while they went to breakfast, continued to watch as 1,500 followed one another over the cliff, okay? Now you would think, okay, just, I'm just being an observer for a moment. You would think like, okay, one, two, three, four, like just to their death, You get to seven or eight, by the time you get to seven or eight, like the seventh sheep, you would think he would pause and be like, I don't know, like, I'm rethinking this. Is this really a good idea? And then everyone behind him was like, yeah, like, just like, just follow him, like, just keep going. Like, no, you know what? Nope. None of them did that. They just kept jumping, 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 and jumping. Now listen to this. In the end, listen, 450 of the sheep died, fell to their death on top of one another, okay? Now listen to this. Those who jumped later were saved because the pile got so high, it ended up becoming like a giant pillow. Boing, 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 right? So like 450 died, the rest just landed in a giant pile. Now, I love this story, but here's what Isaiah is trying to tell us. He's saying this, we're like those sheep. Come on, someone, listen, I know we don't like to admit it. I know there's a, pride gets in the way, but Isaiah says, listen, you, you may not own up to it, but you're like that sheep. You're like those sheep. I'm like that sheep. And what he means is this, is that I'm, I, I'm, I'm constantly veering off the path of God, and I'm just doing my own thing. I'm choosing my own path. I do what I want to do, right? And I don't need anyone, right? This is... The mantra of our day, right? We want to chart our own path. So we say things like this. I'm the captain of my own ship. I steer my destiny. People say this. I know what's best for me, right? Come on, all of us have have done this, have thought this. I don't need anyone to tell me what to do with my life. It's my life. 
Frank Sinatra, I mean, he wrote a song, I did it my way, he says. And Isaiah states the obvious that we, we've decided that our way, essentially, listen, our way was better than God's. The creation believing that they know more than the creator. Proverbs 14, verse number 12 says this, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. There's a way that appears to be right. These ancient Hebrew wisdom literature with profound truth for today. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever taken a road trip and gotten lost? Maybe once or twice. Maybe those of you who won't admit it, that's okay. You're lying right now in church. No big deal, though. <laughs> but you can laugh. If all the new people are like, wait a sec, was that a joke? <laughs> Listen, this day, I know, I get it. It's pretty rare, rare for us because all of us have access to GPS, and so it's rare that we get lost anymore. But it even happens. Sometimes GPS even gets the things wrong. I remember I was going to meet my sister for, for lunch in Holland, Michigan, and I nearly ended up in a cornfield. That was not a restaurant, all right? That was a cornfield. And here's what had happened. Along the way, I had veered off the path that I was intended to take. And what happened is that it led me to a what? A different destination. This is partly what the Bible means when it speaks of sin. This idea of what? Of missing the mark. That's what it truly means, that word sin. And the Bible actually gives us a very accurate and deeply profound diagnosis of human nature. Now, many of us reject it. We mock it. We ridicule it. But it's deeply profound and incredibly accurate. The problem is us. It's our sinful natures. Now, some of you are at that place today, right? You've landed at a destination you never intended on arriving to. Maybe somewhere down the road you... You, you veered from the path that you were intended to take. Maybe it was a, it was a, a broken relationship in your past where uh, the wrong words that were said and the wrong choices were made. Maybe this year it was for you as you look back on 2023, it was what? It was financial ruin because why? Because of discontentment in your life. Maybe there was a bad habit that, listen, too quickly became destructive and consumed you. Maybe for you this past year, it was, it was anger and bitterness, and, and you were justified to feel those things, but now you've discovered that they've consumed you from the inside out. And what? And now you're at a destination that you never intended on arriving to today. You strayed from the beaten path. And what did you do? You, you just chose your own thing, right? You chose your own way. I do it. You do it. This is this is plagues humanity. And if you're honest, listen, some of us, we have no idea how we got here. No idea. Disillusioned, dissatisfied, and lacking purpose. You see, I want to remind you that the object never tells its creator its purpose. The creator always tells the object its purpose. Take a home, for, for example, the home never tells the architect or the builder what it was made for. No, 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 no. It's the builder 
who tells the home how many rooms will be there, how many people can live in that home, what, what, what it's best suited for, what type of family will live here, where it should be situated. Listen, the builder tells the home its purpose, its calling, and the same is true for us today. Listen, we'll never know our calling, we'll never find fulfillment, we'll never walk in our purpose until we're connected to the one who made us. Until we know him, listen, here's what's going to happen. Until we know him, here's what we'll do. We'll fill our lives with counterfeit versions of him. And they'll look like him and they'll talk like him, right? And it might be the God of relationships. It might be the God of money. It might be the God of pleasure, right? And we'll, we'll have all these things. And yeah, you're going to be happy, 100%. For a little while, you're going to be happy. And then you're going to come to that point in the road once again where what? Where you're, you're dissatisfied, you're, you're disillusioned. You feel like you have no purpose, and you just need more of that thing to keep you settled in your spirit. And I want to tell you there's something more. There's something better, and his name is Jesus. He is Jesus. Yes, you can clap your hands this morning. He was from the very beginning. He is, listen, God in the flesh, incarnate. Not only did he come some 2,000 years ago, but he's coming again. And so listen, when we speak of the Christmas story, we're not just talking about this random Jewish baby, you know, born in Bethlehem of Judea under sort of less than ideal circumstances. Oh, poor kid. Well, let's give some presents to each other and eat lots of, lots of carbs. That's not, that's not what Christmas really is about, okay? Listen, we mean this, that the Savior of the world was born to meet you in this place today. And the words of the angel in Matthew chapter 3 ring true more than ever. He will save his people from their sins. You know, as a pastor, um, what I've discovered is that many times during Christmas season, people think, they start to think about Jesus for a little bit, for like a day maybe. <laughs> or like a day and a half if we're lucky, right? And what do we do? What do we do? We, 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 we spend our time thinking about goals for 2024 or the next year and, and, and resolutions. And, you know, I just, want, I just want to do better. I got to put down the donuts and I got to you know, pick up the protein, and you know what? I'm going to try to be kinder to my wife. I've been pretty mean this year. I need to be a better father. I need to show up when I, I say I'm going to show up, and, and we just try to fill our lives with better habits. And those things are, are, are good, but here's what we're doing, actually. In reality, is that the rest of our time, probably 99% of our time, we ignore God. We ignore him and fill our lives with stuff that, are counterfeit versions of him and will never be satisfied. What we really need, what we truly need is this, is Jesus to forgive us. We need his healing for him to heal our hearts and make us whole. And that's the only solution. You see, the answer that the Bible gives is this, is that heaven came down to us in Jesus. The Bible shows us, listen, that we don't perform our way into heaven, though. Don't, don't get me wrong. We don't perform our way into heaven. We don't somehow, someday hope that at the finish line that our good deeds will outweigh our bad deeds. That's not how this works, right? No, no, no. We trust in the finished work of Jesus on the cross, pay the penalty of sin in our place. 
And not only that, when we begin to trust Jesus, but the Bible calls it faith. When we trust Jesus, it, it, it doesn't stop there. It doesn't end. It's just beginning. He gives us his spirit that comes to live on the inside of us. And then it changes and transforms our heart. We're not just going through the, the motions. We're not just having obligatory religious ritual because that's what mom and dad did. That's what grandpa did. No, no, no. Our hearts are changed and transformed and we want to follow him with all of our lives. Our hearts are changed in Jesus. And so Christmas is not just a season, again, where we exchange gifts. It's a season where we celebrate the greatest gift given to humanity, and that was Jesus himself. This morning today, if you'd be so brave, don't worry, you're not going to have to come up or I'm not going to ask you to even stand up. Maybe this morning you can resonate with some of my message. Let me just ask you by a show of hands, if you wouldn't mind, in just a moment, putting hands up for just two or three seconds. How many of you this morning would just say, you know what, that's me. I need Jesus this morning. I need saving. What? Who's brave? Who's courageous? I see that hand. I see several hands around the room. Come on. I need Jesus. I've been my own God for far too long, and it's left me dissatisfied, disillusioned. I'm unhappy. My marriage is a mess. My kids disown me like I need Jesus. And listen, here's the reality. You need the gospel, but so does every single believer in here this morning as well. We all need the gospel for him to change us from the inside out. I want to close here in a moment. I'm going to pray, and then the team's going to lead us in one last song. Would you pray with me? Every, every eye closed, perhaps, maybe bow your head if you're comfortable with that. I just want to lead you in a time of prayer and then we'll, we'll sing one more song. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your one and only Son from heaven to earth to die in my place. We believe today, this morning, that Jesus lived the life that we could not live. It was a life that was without sin. Jesus died the death that we all deserved, death on the cross. Jesus was crucified, he was buried. We believe that he rose from the grave three days later and that he sits at the right hand of the Father, victorious, and that one day he will return. Jesus, would you make us whole, make us clean this morning, give us a new heart, change us from the inside out. We don't wanna go through the motions anymore. We want to be changed and transformed. Forgive us for rebellion. Give us our pride. We turn to you and we follow you with our whole hearts, with our whole lives. From this point on, everything is changed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you do this? Would you stand up with me right now as we worship one last time?